Curtin Cade mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. How can we best handle our money? Rob West from Faith and Finance Live, Monday through Friday, Moody Radio. Got to make sure you check it out. He dropped by the show, and man, what a great conversation we had. Hi, Rob. It's been a while since we chatted with you. How you doing? It has been a little bit. I'm great, and I'm so glad to be with you this morning. What are the latest stats on how we're doing as savers across the country? Mm, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, during the pandemic, uh, savings rates went up pretty significantly. Hmm. And then post-COVID, uh, things have been declining and credit card debt has been on the rise. And so, uh, you know, we need to get back to where we were. You know, as we kind of shut everything down and hunkered down, we began to hold on, uh, hold on to what we had. And we were spending less because, of course, we were not out and about. And we're seeing that reverse. The challenge is as credit card debt rises to nearly a trillion dollars right now uh, with with interest rates up, that's putting a real squeeze on the average family. And so we need to be dumping debt and we need to get back to being diligent savers. And that's clearly affirmed in God's word as well. You know, you were talking about uh, during COVID, I noticed that I used to hate buying my food and stuff online but I was yeah. much more careful and spent less, hmm. even if I had to pay someone to deliver it. Yes. I think just seeing it makes me think, oh, that's a great deal. I need to get it now. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And so we have to be really uh, careful with that. I think that's one of the benefits of, uh, you know, at least shopping where you're shopping online and maybe you just go pick it up and they bring it out to your car if you have that available near you and you're not having to pay the monthly subscription. But what it does is it causes you to hopefully do a little bit more in the way of meal planning. Mm -hmm. And online, you're just able to go in and get those items that you want and or that you need for that week. And, you know, put those in your cart. The problem is when you're there kind of pushing the cart around, your eye <laughs> catches a lot of other things that weren't on that list initially. Right. Guilty as charged. That is my plague. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty as charged. You know, one of the things, Rob, that Kate mentioned when we were uh, when we were talking about the fact you were going to be with us is the way that you approach people who call in and have questions. And it's so, well, first of all, it's kind. Well, first of all, it's biblical. Second of mm -hmm. all, it's very kind. And it can be kind of tough in some for some folks because as they grapple with debt, yeah. they feel debt-shamed. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're like, I feel less than. If I am not 100% totally debt-free, I'm depressed and you give people hope because you know what being even being debt free can be an idol can it Oh, absolutely. In fact, what I would say is after answering thousands of questions on the radio, counseling with hundreds and hundreds of families, you know, my experience is no, no matter your income level, there's guilt, there's frustration, there's fear related to money. And it really uh, can impact any of us. And I think that's why God's Word speaks about this topic so often. It's not because God needs something from us. It all belongs to Him, as you said uh, right there at the top of the program. Uh, but I 
I think the reality is that there's a wrestling that goes on in our hearts whenever money, whenever money enters the equation. And, you know, my experience also is that those who are most free from the emotional byproducts of financial decision making have really answered two questions. The first is who owns it? You mentioned that one. And the answer is clearly a resounding God owns it all. And therefore I'm his money manager. But the second one is how much is enough? And it's this idea that I need to be in prayer, and if I'm married with my spouse, in prayer about what should my lifestyle be? What has God called me to? How much is enough with regard to my monthly spending? And then also, how much is enough with my accumulation? But if I've answered the enough question, and I understand that God owns it all, and now money becomes a tool to accomplish God's purposes, and it's one of the ways that he grows me up in my faith, because I live in the tension of depending daily on him and wrestling through the financial decisions on how much to give and how much to keep and how am I going to allocate that aligning with my values and my priorities. That's one of the ways God really develops us in our spiritual journey as we work out our financial journey at the same time. So I think it's a really an opportunity, but you're right. There's a lot of frustration and guilt, and I would say that impacts us at every income level. Would you say, I'm going where angels fear to tread, would you say (laughs) that it's okay to have a credit card? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, credit cards aren't the problem. It's the way we use them. Uh, And so the key is, have you put a budget together? Have you given every dollar a name? Did you start with your values and where God is taking you as a believer and what's most important to you, your deeply held priorities? And then do you have a budget that reflects that where you've got a plan and you're living within your means and you've got some margin and you have the ability then to use credit uh, credit cards just to buy things that are budgeted items so that you can pay it off in full. Now, the first month that you can't pay it off in full, I'd cut it up and be done with it. But to the extent it just provides some convenience for you to purchase pre-planned items and then pay them off in full because you've got the money to do that, well, it becomes a great convenience whether you're in person or online, plus there's some great reward benefits that can come from it. But only to the extent it's done with a disciplined steward who's managing money wisely. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, for instance, if you look at the Dave Ramsey plan, he's always debit yeah. card, never, ever have yeah. a credit card. And he's very adamant about that. I'm not, I'm not throwing right. him under the bus, no. but, you know, for some folks, no. that's But there's a safety factor tough. in, in uh, credit cards as opposed to yeah. uh, debit cards when you're yeah. using it in places. Rob, that's, yeah. that's a good point. And you know what? That's yeah. why we use a credit once. card. I had my whole life hacked. Uh, they went in yeah. and t- zeroed out all my accounts. It was awful. Uh, tr- paid oh. off other people's credit cards with my... It was it's just terrible. a nightmare. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm really high-tuned to that. Yeah. Well, it's a great point. Yeah. And I would say, first of all, Dave's a friend and and I I totally understand where he's coming from on that in the sense that, you know, he has seen people and I have too people's lives completely wrecked by credit cards. And so he said, you know, what? enough with this. Let's just, you know, make that not a part of our financial plan and go all debit. And what I would say is, well, let's just recognize there's some people who are, in fact, disciplined and can use this in the context of a a well-thought-out financial plan, and it can make some sense. And I think one of the reasons why is exactly what you all just mentioned. Although there are some protections on the debit card side, and you could get that money restored, the challenge is you've got to wait. And with a debit card, if somebody fraudulently accesses your account, that money's gone. Yeah. Yes. 
at least mm-hmm. temporarily, right? right? So now you have all these recurring transactions that are now, you know, hitting your account and you now you're overdrawn. Whereas with a credit card, you know, it's it's on your statement, but you dispute it, it never leaves your account. Right. And in fact, you could get that rectified before, you know, you ever send them a dollar for those fraudulent transactions. So clearly there are some additional protections that lessen just the frustration factor uh, on a credit card versus a debit card. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. Leave your comments and your thoughts. We appreciate your feedback. You can give us a review. Also, don't forget to uh, like us, follow us, subscribe as well. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Ann in Tampa. Hi, Ann. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm doing fine. Great. What's your question for Rob? Yes. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Hi. Great, Ann. Thanks for calling. Good. I listen to you every day at 4 o'clock. Try to get a better understanding of of how to handle my finances. And you have helped tremendously. Um, I never used to live on a budget. Um, and now I do, so I actually get to wow. see how much extra I have a month um, after I've met my, um, you know, my bills, paid my bills and done my, I have my giving included in that. Um, but great. I wanted to know, here's my question. The only debt that my husband and I have is our mortgage. We yeah. moved to Tampa um, in 2020 during the pandemic. Um, so that we could help our daughter out with uh, the grandsons. They had moved down in January, and we moved down in August. Of course, the house, uh, to buy a house in Florida is a lot more money than we're at the state that we came from, so we have a mortgage now. I It's a 15-year mortgage. The interest rate is only 2.6%. However, we still owe 150000 on it, and it won't be paid off for another Twelve and a half years. I need to know how much extra out of my surplus each month could I pay to bring that down, like to pay it off five years early. Is there yeah, an amortization yeah. uh, chart I could you could direct me to something that would help me figure this out? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, Ann, thank you for your kind words. I'm delighted to hear that God's been working in your financial life and you now have more clarity into where your resources are going, which gives you the ability to say, uh, am I actually spending my money in the way that is most reflective of my values? Until we can see that play out on a monthly basis, it's hard to make some of those course corrections. So uh, I'm delighted to hear that. And I'm excited that you've moved to Tampa to be near family. That's always great. And congratulations on that. That mortgage. You know, it seems like forever ago that we could get a 2.6% mortgage, especially where rates are today. And so that's phenomenal. Uh, but I also realize you want to pay this off. And I love that idea. There'd be some people that say, no, hang on to that mortgage. You can invest that money. Uh, well, there's the financial side, but then there's the non-financial side. And the idea that you could be completely debt-free and unencumbered and be able to respond to the leading of the Lord without any debt, I think is amazing. And so I would absolutely continue to pursue that goal. Um, and as long as you've got that fully funded emergency fund that I talk about at three to six months expenses, you don't have any consumer debt, uh, and you're on track with long-term retirement savings, if that's still a, a factor, then I would say, absolutely, let's prioritize getting that uh, mortgage paid off. There's not one particular calculator I would use. If you just simply go into whatever search engine you use and, and just type, it, type in mortgage payoff calculator, 
uh, you're going to get a dozen free amortization calculators that basically allow you to say, okay, here's the current balance of my mortgage, here's my interest rate, um, and then here's how much extra I have. And you could actually solve for a variable of you know how much extra to pay off in five years, where the extra principal amount is the the empty field that you're solving for. And uh, you, you should absolutely be able to find that very quickly. And then you'll know exactly how much you need to try to send either per month or per year in order to be able to take that 12 and a half year term and cut it down to five. And thank you so much for your question. Blessings to you. Let's go next to Troy in Lakeland. Hi, Troy. Good morning. Morning, Rob. Hey, how are you, Troy? For you. Yes, sir. Right, I guess I found out yesterday that my work has retirement, but it's an IRA. I'm just curious, how good are the IRAs? Is basically the way they explain it to me. It only gets two to three percent interest over the years. I'm currently in crypto. Is uh, is IRA profitable compared to the crypto market? Yeah, I'm I'm a little confused though by by what you're hearing from your employer. So you need to get some clarification because an IRA is not an investment; it's an account type, and an IRA is just and well i stands for individual and so on a traditional or a roth ira you would not set up through your employer what you may have is what's called a simple ira and that can be set up by your employer but regardless it's just a tax deferred environment for you to save if your employer offers it with some matching i'd take advantage of it the key is what are the investments inside of it the ira is just the the account type that offers the tax deferral the question is what am i investing in uh let me talk about that crypto for a second. Although crypto technology is here to stay and it has far-reaching implications with the blockchain technology, it's not an investment for you, uh, Troy. This is not where your serious money needs to go. It's way too volatile and speculative. Think of crypto like in the early days of the dot-com when you know anybody who added dot-com to the end of their name went through the roof and then that bubble burst. That's kind of where we're at right now. It's kind of like the wild, wild west, and we don't know which ones are going to fail and what the regulators are going to do. And because of that, we've seen incredible volatility. And that's why Bitcoin's down so much right now. So I'd move away from the cryptos, invest in a long-term strategy with good, high-quality mutual funds, and take advantage of any matching through your employer. I'm going to try to squeeze in one more question. We have a lot of folks to see. Debbie from Lakeland. Hi, Debbie. What's your question for Rob? Good morning. Good morning. I hear you talk about online banking a lot, and it makes me nervous because I don't understand what online banking is if there's not a building. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you asking. You know, if if you think about it like this, I mean, the banking laws just regulate kind of how the banks relate to each one another and how they borrow from the Federal Reserve and uh, kind of what the provisions are and what the capital requirements are for them to be able to take deposits and issue checking accounts and issue CDs and participate in the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Uh, the question is just whether they have a brick and mortar building that they have to staff and pay for, or whether their operations are all centralized in one location, and then they just make their services available through the internet. And that's really what an online bank is. You have the same requirements, the same you know you know strength of an institution, depending on the size. Uh, you have the same access to FDIC insurance. It's just because they don't have those extra expenses of the brick and mortar operations, they're able to pass that along to their depositors uh, in the form of no fees and higher interest rates, which is why through you know 
any number of online banks like Marcus and Ally right now, you can get savings rates at three and three quarters, and you can get a 15-month CD at 5%, uh, which you won't find anywhere near that at a brick-and-mortar mm-hmm. bank. So I'm happy with online banking as long as you have FDIC insurance. Why is the interest so much better for these entities? Yeah, they just don't have the costs associated with having those buildings and the staff and maintaining the drive-through and you know all those yeah. extra things. And so they're able to take all that cost savings and just pass that along in the form of higher interest rates. Well, Rob West from Faith and Finance Live. You can catch it 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. I listen pretty much every day on my afternoon commutes. And uh, Rob, thanks for uh, for being with us this morning. I know you're a busy guy, but We'll catch you at 4 p.m. later on today. Well, thanks for having me. I always enjoy it. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to Curtin Cape Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.